Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Hey everyone, welcome to the Antler Up Podcast brought to you by Tethered, the world's best saddle hunting equipment. We have a repeat guest on today's show, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Ricky Bruley from Vapor Trail. When Ricky was previously on the podcast, he spoke about his upcoming Boundary Waters bear hunt, and for this episode, we recap this specific hunt and the challenges that it presented. When it came to preparing for this hunt, Ricky was all prepared and did his research and just was ready to get going. However, since he was completing this hunt solo, the weather played a factor in keeping him at camp for the first four days. And being stuck at camp tested Ricky mentally and physically. We discussed what he did during these four days and how he was able to still overcome challenges throughout his time there. And he shared what these challenges were and what he did to really overcome them. And to wrap up the story on this specific hunt, he discussed what he plans to do if he is able to draw this bear tag again in the future, which he really does want to do, and what others can learn from this trip from this past season. And to finish off this conversation, Ricky spoke about his whitetail season, and you'll hear him or their lack of, uh, and how his first year in the saddle went. We talked about goals and improvements we are looking to make for this upcoming year, including you know mobile hunting, future plans, what they have going on for Vapor Trail with their rest, and also a potential new podcast coming out. And this is a great fun chat with Ricky. He's a great dude, and uh, I hope you enjoy this fun episode. So thanks again, everybody, for all your all of your support turkey season's right around the corner we have trout season coming up we just had the youth uh weekend so hopefully everybody enjoyed some time outdoors with some family members uh but before we get into this episode really quick i just want to talk about a couple items and one of those is just again please and if you have the chance you like what you hear when you listen to this podcast go give it a five-star review over at Apple iTunes and definitely over at Spotify as well. And check out what we're doing over on the YouTube side of things. And again, thank you so much for all of the support and thank you to all our partners for all of their support. And because of that, Let's just talk about two exclusive codes that we have, one from America's Best Bowstrings and one from Shea Butler Knives. So both of these are exclusive discount. I don't post them online anywhere. Just right here, if you're listening, you have uh, Antler Up 25 will save you 25% off of a Whitetail Reverence or the new Hostel Knife from Shea Butler Knives. It's coming in at a ridiculous price, like shipping to your door will be about $220 awesome guy the the blades are just phenomenal and then at america's best bowstrings use code antler up and you'll save ten dollars off your order and right now is the time to get those custom orders in also i just received my tethered m2 vest in man this thing is phenomenal i know i talked about it and i just kind of was going off of word of mouth and using the images and videos from what people were saying but i will tell you firsthand this thing 
is more than a turkey vest. This thing is awesome. It's extremely modular. It's super quiet. It's bomb proof. It's, it's going to be extremely durable. Set it up however you see fit. And there's tons of videos already right now with the guys from THP, from Tethered, showing you how to do it, a step-by-step -step guide. It took me 10 minutes. It was easy to use. I'm actually decided on the Hydro Pack. So check it out over at tetherednation.com. And one more thing that I want to talk about right now, because the Exodus Trail Camera guys are doing a phenomenal things over at Exodus Outdoor Gear. And what they have going on right now is their trade-in program. So basically, if you upgrade to one of their cameras all you have to do is trade in any camera you have working non-working and you'll be able to save 25 percent all you have to use is the code upgrade and they will you know work with you on getting uh that whole bundle taken care of for you so you'll send in your camera you'll get the code and then the camera will um be sent to you so it's that simple that easy and look for the future uh when it comes to maybe running some arrows and for an exclusive discount with those guys as well so really extremely blessed and happy with what's going on with, with that as well so thanks again everybody for all of your continued support enjoy this fun episode so what's up everybody <laughs> we're back we i have a repeat guest here we got rick brutally rick from vapor trail stoker eyes man it's a pleasure to have you back on i was fascinated by you know your story last time we had you on it was getting ready for uh your 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 boundary waters hunt and of doing yeah. all that stuff and so i'm anxious to to hear i know we texted a little bit during the season just as here and i got kind of the man it was awesome i can't wait to tell you more about it and you mm -hmm. know what it's always like a bittersweet moment when you have friends and they're doing these awesome adventures because I want to know right then and there, but I'm also like, I want them to have the chance to tell me also on the podcast because then it's, yeah. I'm in shock one and two, it's just a cool feeling of wrapping it up for, for you as well. But man, welcome back to the show, Ricky. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Oh man. It's all, like I said, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on. We got some really cool things coming down the pipeline with you guys just released the, the gen, uh, integrate, you know, X and yeah. I got that on the new PSE. I sent you that photo. It's yeah, man. I, looks that, great. Oh man. That rest has, was the easiest rest ever that I, that I put on any bow. And I'm not just saying that cause you're on, that was the <laughs> simplest, easiest thing to date. For me. That's the hope. That's the hope. We always hope we try to keep it simple. Um, not too complicated. You know, you, you start adding in any complicated mechanism, anything like that, and you've got a greater chance of failure. So that that's kind of our goal is to keep it light, keep it simple, um, and make it easy to use for anybody to set up. Yeah. So. Well, I want to dive down that a little bit later, but dude, how, sure. how was your, how was your season this past year? Like you said, I know like you went on that awesome trip, like what, how, mm. you know, you could, start wherever you really want to, I guess. Yeah. So really it just, uh, it, it was probably one of my slower seasons actually in quite some time. I have a two year old now, so it's a little bit more difficult to get out. <laughs> I don't have as many, uh, travel tokens as I used to. Yep. Um, but, uh, so I, I basically put all of, you know, everything in one bag and just, just made that one trip up to the boundary waters. I did get into the whitetail woods a couple of times, but mostly just again, like in the last episode we talked about, I had just gotten a, a new tethered saddle. Yep. So wanted to get some more experience behind that. Uh, of course, every day that I went out was bitter cold. Um, 
but, uh, but yeah, the bear hunt in the boundary waters was, it, it was a blast. Of course I didn't get, you know, there wasn't any hero shots. I wasn't the hero when it came to coming home with a bear. And to be honest, I, I wasn't really expecting it. I didn't have high expectations because I know uh, I'm aware of the difficulty of the hunt and as hunts sometimes go. And especially I was being up there for the most part by myself while I was hunting, um, ran into a few, uh, snags and, and, um, probably more so just got into my head than, than any real like legitimate safety issue, but got to a point where I was like, man, I, I could be in trouble if I don't, if I'm not smart or careful about this trip. And okay. so I ended up having to leave a little early, like two days earlier than I had originally planned. Um, but again, kind of proud of the fact that I was able to make that choice. Cause it's, it, it was a tough choice to make is mm-hmm. uh, everything all the time, all the money, all the effort that went into getting there and being there. And then, you know, just that, uh, heart sinking feeling that I had to, had to back out a couple of days earlier, uh, definitely looking forward to seeing my family cause it hadn't been away from them that long up right. to that point. Right. Uh, but yeah, definitely one of those bittersweet trips. Um, but going into it, my plan, like I'd said before, it's a leave no trace. So you, you technically really can't bait in a traditional sense like you would here in Minnesota, where you would leave bait out, you put it out a few weeks, kind of get the bears used to coming in, um, you know, and then when the hunt starts, you know, uh, you're just relying on pattern, patterning them and, yeah. and keeping the bait, uh, you know, replenished so that they keep coming back, that sort of thing. And in this particular situation, you can put bait down, but it has, you have to remove it same day. Um, okay. you can't leave it overnight, that sort of thing. Um, and so, and I didn't really want to, I was going back way back in there and I didn't want to carry a bunch of bait with me either. So my plan was to do a lot of fishing and then, and, and also try to just survive and live off the land as much as possible. I definitely brought more than enough food to survive every day just in case, but, um, wanted to, you know, kind of live off fishing and see if, see how long I could go and see how I could do and then use the fish carcasses as bait, uh, to bring some bears in. Uh, also I had been keeping an eye on the BWCA website because people can report bear sightings and had been keeping an eye on that. And the campsites that I wanted to stay at had several encounters with bears. And so I'm thinking, oh man, this might be a chip shot. You know, (laughs) if I'm just like frying bacon at the camp uh, and just keep my bow close by, you know, maybe I might be able to just lace one in camp, you know, but that, of course that never happened. It's like they have the, you know, they have that sense where they, they, they just know something's up or who knows. I'm not really too sure, but (laughs) to kind of rewind and just to maybe kind of backtrack a little bit mm-hmm. you i can't recall were you planning on like two weeks yep yeah so yep. Two, two weeks, weeks. so mm-hmm. dive into i guess because this is like once you said the whole mindset you know your chance where you're like man i i could be in trouble maybe mm-hmm. talk about what mentally you were doing before the trip to prepare yourself for. And then like when kind of shit hit the fan a little bit of like, okay, things are a little bit dicey. Here's what I, I need to focus in on. Like, Hey Ricky, reel back in, man, you got this. Like how, cause that's the stuff that I like. I love that kind of mm-hmm. mental chess match. You have to play with yourself and uh, kind of talk, yeah. I guess a little bit about that before you dive into the, the hunting aspect of things. So, yeah, I mean, 
you know, you do everything you can to, to prepare. You go, you go through every possible scenario in your head. And I've been up there a couple of times, but, um, I don't have, I wouldn't say I have an extensive amount of experience, you know, canoeing in and doing those sorts of things. Uh, and the one thing that I didn't think about or anticipate was, uh, if, if I got any sort of inclement, inclement weather and, and the chances of me paddling out of there by myself. So, um, what ended up happening is a couple of days into the hunt, um, we had got, got some pretty big, um, wind gusts coming out of the West and I had to paddle West to get out. And it got to a point where, you know, as part of my strategy was to fish and then use the fish carcasses as bait. And so the first day I got out there, I was just slaying bass, like catching them <laughs> like crazy. And I'm thinking, okay, I just kept throwing them back. Cause I thought, well, I'll probably catch more. And so, um, ended up getting into, a into that situation where I'm at camp and the wind picks up and it didn't let down for four days and I could not get out of the campsite. I couldn't paddle out. I just couldn't fight the waves by myself. I was stuck Damn. pretty much, mar- pretty much marooned. <laughs> Man, that's tough. What are you doing to, like, during those four days? Like, are you're basically stuck at camp? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I definitely was hunting, um, yeah. you know, but it, the, you know, what do you do? It's so thick. I I spent one day just kind of going through some of the brush and see, you know, maybe I was like, oh, maybe I can find a den or something like that where that'll give me an opportunity to kind of see maybe where, where a bear is living or where they're staying, you know, maybe I can, you know, camp out outside the den and, and try to, uh, do it that way, like ambush style or, um, but it's so thick. There's no chance of sneaking up on one. It's not, it's not possible. Um, and so, but I did a little bit of that and then, uh, you know, of course I would just, I, I found a spot that I thought there was a lot of activity and would just, you know, sit in the mornings, sit in the afternoons, um, in hopes that, I would just get lucky that one would come by. I did manage to um, shoot a couple of ducks while I was up there. So I used the duck carcasses as bait for a couple of days, but a a pine martin was getting them. Um, Or it could have been a fisher, I'm not sure which, but, uh, and it's not legal to hunt them. So I basically just had to watch a pine martin come in and take my ducks, you know? So it's like. So that's, that got, that was a little bit frustrating too, but that was pretty much it. Just kind of hoping maybe one would stumble through, you know, being careless with my food. Like I said, frying bacon at camp in the mornings, like trying trying to do all that. And, and then I just like passed the time I, you know, had some books I would read. I was making, I had some mice running around camp. So I was making deadfall traps to try to see if I could catch some, you know, just like whittling everything out of sticks. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I did. Like what kind of techniques or something along those lines that maybe change or did not change for you that you were really kind of trying to focus in on, or was it the, Hey, these dead carcasses of my ducks and the fish that were hopefully in the bacon trying to maybe lure some of these bear in. I mean, really that that's about the best method you can, you can, you can use because uh, you know, there's just, there's really no, they're so elusive. Um, You know, and if if you think that deer are good about being one step ahead of you, you know, sometimes if you, you know, you're, wandering through the woods, you might bump one up or kick Mm -hmm. it, or, you know, you can see their tracks or, you know, you can follow them in that way. But it seems like the bears are always one step ahead of you. Um, they're just, and their, their senses, their sense of smell is just incredibly keen. And again, I, 
basically just doing the best that I could to try to find any sort of track, any scat. Um, that was where I, I determined where I was going to, where I was going to, um, sit when I found the tree that I was going to sit in typically because that's where I found the most sign as far as scat. I mean, tracks are very difficult to determine unless you're in snow or anything like that, which I didn't have until the last day, of course. (laughs) Um, so, you know, and it, and I, the odds were against me from the beginning because I didn't have an access permit. So I couldn't go in until October 1st, which again is a little later than ideal. Um, the other thing is too, is that you can leave scent. And so my original plan was to go up or, you know, a couple weeks early, uh, and somebody had given me a great pointer. They said, take the scent and put it in like a nerf, uh, or not a nerf, but like a super soaker. Mm. And then you go out and then you spray it like in the trees, you get up under the leaves and stuff because then the, then if it rains, it won't wash your scent, all the scent away. Um, and then you just have to be careful about not doing it too early because if the bears are coming into the scent, but then there's no food, then they kind of just start, you know, they kind of lose trust and then they stop coming in. Uh, but with all of the sightings that people were having, I thought, well, it wouldn't be necessary for me to do all that. You know, I'll just, like I said, I'll, I'll just cook bacon at camp and be careless with my food and one will come in. So that was mistake number one. Um, you know, and as with, as long as I've been hunting, I should know better. Right. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to take the, trying to take the easy route out. Right. Um, so yeah, so that, that kind of put a damper on things. I didn't, you know, I didn't have like a, I, as far as how I would compare it to what I would do to scout for whitetails, it is, I try to use some of those same tactics again, trying to find tracks, trying to find scat, trying to find any scratchings, uh, like see if I can find a, you know, a a scratching tree or something like that. And I put on miles in, in those woods, man. And I'm like, and then you get to the point where you're like, okay, maybe I'm making it worse because I'm, you know, leaving all this scent around in the woods. And, you know, if I push, if I push a bear away, is it going to come back? So then I just backed out and, and I, and I quit doing that. As soon as I found a spot that I thought was the most promising, then I just stuck to that. And I just okay. stuck to the same trail to get there, same trail, getting out all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and like I said, you can't really rely on, on listening for them to come in because bears are extremely quiet. That's it, the it's thing. just amazing. I, isn't that amazing? It's so fascinating to me how friggin' quiet, like when one could sneak up on you and then I have one on film from a couple years ago that was like barreling his way in <laughs> to a water hole. And then mm-hmm. again, this was before bear season and it sounded like a, a herd of deer were coming. I'm like, Oh sweet. Like someone must've bumped something. And then the next, thing you know, I just see this black blob blob come running down the hill and can, just jumps right into the water hole and is in there for like f- at least just shy of 10 minutes, just rolling around. But I've had other bear come in and i I'm like, whoa, where did you come from? It's just amazing how elusive and quiet they are. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, of the two bears that I've killed so far, I didn't, had no idea they were even there until they were in the bait pile. Wow. So it's, yeah. And I, you know, I've watched them kind of walk around and you'll watch them even like lift a back leg up over the smallest little twig just to avoid making any noise or any sound. So yeah, whitetail tactics don't work so well. <laughs> and that's, that's why baiting is, is the most effective either that or dogs, but using dogs in, in the state of Minnesota isn't legal. Right. And, uh, so yeah, so it made it really difficult. I just, I found some, what looked like pretty fresh scat and, um, you know, but again, if they were moving, it was at night. It yeah. was definitely not during the day. 
Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform there is. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. So after the, that four days were up and you know you started after that wind kind of died down, what did the rest of your week look like after that? Well, I had, it was like a, it was a Friday um, when it died down and I planned on staying till Sunday. And uh, you know, with it all dying down, the, the temptation to go out and start fishing and trying to create some, you know, some bait Mm -hmm. uh, was very enticing. But I had also told myself that if I didn't get a bear by Friday, uh, that I was just going to kind of ride it out and just hang out and whatever. Cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to, uh, I want to give myself plenty of time to pack the bear out. Um, I was, I think six or seven miles back. Uh, and again, my concern was, okay, it's a calm day. Now, if I end up, if, if I do end up killing a bear and then the wind picks back up, I, I have no idea how I'm going to get that bear out of here. I, you know, and I did have a satellite, uh, uh, message phone. I had a spot X out there with me so I could communicate. I didn't have a buddy that said, if you get one, you know, message me and we'll come up and we'll help you. So I did have that. Um, but again, it, the temperature started to drop, uh, and I had enough, I probably had enough food for, I bet I could have got away with, you know, t- at least 10 days okay. fairly comfortably. Uh, but again, temperature was dropping. Um, it was, is getting increasingly difficult to light fires. I was running out of fuel for my jet boil. Uh, my water, um, purifier, my, um, catadine was the filter was clogged so bad that I could barely, um, filter water. So I'm like, okay, you know, I don't have a solid means of boiling water. If I need it, I don't have a way of purifying my water. If I need it, I I'm running out of fuel for my jet boil. So then <laughs> I'm just going to be eating dehydrated food, you know, straight out of the bag. Yep. Um, and I, I also, you know, wasn't sure how far the temperature was going to drop. I was, I was prepared for, you know, um, temperatures in the, in, you know, in the teens and maybe a little less, but if it was to break below zero, I wouldn't have been prepared for that. <sighs> so again, I'm like, boy, if I get stuck out here, that could be bad. And also embarrassing, right? Like as a, I, I don't claim to be a survival expert by any means, but at the same time, I, you know, again, you get all these things going through your head yeah. where you're just like, make the smart decision, right? Is it worth it? Is it worth hurting yourself or damaging yourself or getting lost or, you know, who knows? Right. So right. I'm just like, man, it's a beautiful, calm day. Maybe, maybe that's a sign that I just need to pack it up and slowly work my way out. And that's what I did. Packed yeah. it up, fished my way out, caught some more smallies on my way out and, and then went home. So where's, where's your GoPro to, to get you on a alone show? I'll get, be, get your, <laughs> <laughs> the next season of that, man, that sounds so like, as you're writing, like telling this story, I wrote down, like, what are some of those key items that you had to have with you? Or now that you're like, man, I wish I had that just because, you know, not all of us are going to do this style hunt, obviously, but one people are in that, you know, trying to possibly do a, a style hunt like that but even things that like now you're like you know what i'm always going to have this in my bag like whether i'm 
out of state, maybe going to wherever on a whitetail trip, I, I want to have this with me. Is there anything like that that you could think of? A buddy. A buddy. <laughs> a buddy. Yep. Because, again, I had everything that I possibly could have needed, at least for the time that I wanted to be there for. Yep. Um, and, again, you know, I have some skills as far as foraging and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, once the snow starts flying, that's a different ball game. And had I had somebody there with me, we would have had no problems paddling out. I just couldn't do it myself. I just didn't have the strength. Um, And even in some cases, because like the first week that I was up there, I I was up there with a friend of mine for a little bit um, just to kind of do the scouting stuff and, Mm -hmm. and just to hang out. And, and uh, we had hit some, you know, some moments where even, him and I struggled to, you know, gain any ground against the waves. So that, I think that's the big thing is, yeah. is I would want to, you know, I, I took pride in trying to want uh, wanting to go and do it myself solo yeah. and then just getting away, having that time away. But at the same time, it, it, it did def- definitely put me in, in a situation that um, scared me a little bit enough to the point where it's like, yeah, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would do that again. Um, again, I mean, worst case scenario, I'd be able to hike out of there, right, you know, right. if that was the case. So that, that would have been a non-issue. So it's not like I would have been forever stuck there. Right. I would just stash my <laughs> stuff somewhere and, you know, <laughs> go back hike out of there. So a lot of different options, but again, just all those things going through my head, it's like, and supposedly that campground that I was at too, there was a guide that I had run into on my way out there. And he's like, Oh yeah, there's a, it's, it's a big, it's 500 maybe 600 pound bear. And the reason I kind of make that face is sometimes I, I wonder if people really know what, you know, that yeah. they're very difficult to judge even for somebody who's hunted them for a long time. Yeah. So, um, and again, he was a guide, so maybe he did know, but I'm like, man, if it really is a 500 pound bear, that's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> like, do I want to stay here? Do I really want to shoot that bear when I see him? What was, so you're saying about getting away. How, how was that man? Like mentally, disconnecting a little bit uh were you able to how was that just because i i mean for me in the whitetail woods i love certain evenings even if it's a 45 minute hunt like my wife looks at me out like i'm crazy like why are you only going out for 45 minutes and i can't explain to her like hey these are the 45 minutes where i get some solitude man like this Mm -hmm. she she gets it but I, i don't know if she quite does so how was that for you because that sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's definitely good. And also, man, it, you really like, there's emotions that jump up that you didn't even know you had. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so you, obviously you see alone and by the way, uh, to the producers of alone, if you're looking for a contestant, it's my, <laughs> it'd be my dream. It'd be my dream to get on that show. Uh, just kidding. but anyways, um, yeah, dude, it's, uh, it, it's good. And then you also, you, you know, you, you really learn how much you love your family and the people mm-hmm. that are around you too. Yep. And so it's just, yeah, a lot of emotions just start kicking in. You know what I mean? Both my, both my folks are gone. And so there's that, you know, put a lot of thought into all that kind of stuff. And, um, and, and it is, it's hard to fight that urge to, um, to just want to go back, you know? Mm-hmm. And so again, going back to what you're saying about that show, it's like, man, if I was ever on there, that would probably be the most difficult part. I think would be just the solitude because it is nice in moments, but at the same time, um, it, it can be, uh, a little bit frustrating. And so 
you know, uh, what's the castaway with yep. Tom Hanks, Banks. right? He yep. had Wilson. So, yep. <laughs> you know, my phone, my phone was Wilson. I was like recording, you know, stuff and like talking to my phone, like it was my friend and you know what I mean? Like it, it sounds crazy right now when I talk about it, um, you know, again, you just want to document it, you know? So there's that part too. And, you know, of course you do the, the goofy videos where you're like, welcome to wilderness cribs and you're you know <laughs> showing everybody around your tent. And so, but again, um, you know, in, in a way I wish that I didn't, I hadn't had any of that technology either just because, you kind of get a little bit immersed in it where I was like recording some videos. I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm making a deadfall trap. I should be recording this, you know? And then pretty soon I'm running out of space on my phone. So now I'm flipping through my phone for an hour trying to delete videos that I don't need. And then I'm just like, what am I doing? Put this away, go enjoy nature. Right. Yeah. So I had to, I had to, I had to remind myself of that. Now, again, if I had the opportunity to fish, I would have been out on the water all the time. You know, if I wasn't bear hunting, I would have been fishing, or eating, you know, one yep. of the, one of those three things. <laughs> but again, you're just kind of stuck there. So you're like, all right, well, what do, what do I do here? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, well, that's the funny thing that we've talked about recently on a, the last couple episodes, like with certain guests on the podcast. Where originally, you know, three years ago when when we started this, it was like, hey, let's let's go out west. You know, you have all these dreams, all these ambitions, and and you know, thinking you're doing cool stuff and which it it all is cool. It's all great. Mm -hmm. But like how recently my mind and like my, my interest is like, I would rather do a really cool hunt experience chasing whitetail. Heck even it would be even cool to go down South a little bit to try a bear hunt or up North than to New York to do a bear hunt. But Mm -hmm. I, man, I, I tell you what, like I want to do an elk hunt one day just to say I did one. But there is no desire for me to try to go out west where I am 20 plus hours away from my wife and my daughter. God forbid something happens. How am I getting home? All that type of stuff. And where now, if I'm gone for a week, you know, if something happens, I'm at least a, hey, I'll leave now. I'll be there in the morning or I'll leave now. I'll be there in the middle of the night, something like Mm -hmm. along those lines. So, but that's just funny to hear how, because again, like I just said, I know I, I said earlier 10 minutes ago about the solitude thing, like you said, it, but they're, they're snippets, right? Like, Hey, I had a trying day at work or Hey, today was this, I just need a little bit of time. Like those are different. Like how you, like you're mm-hmm. saying, because I remember as a kid, you know, I was, my mind was always going. And when my dad as a 13 year old boy says, Hey, you're sitting from dark to dark in a tree stand. I mean, I remember like, holy cow, I thought about every little thing in the world. I'm, you know, like, yep. you know, from everything. Yeah, man, that's, that's really neat. And I give you credit because that's tough to go out there for that many days by yourself. Like you said, I'm, you know, going with someone I maybe could have helped there on the water, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, as you were talking about that, it made me think about, um, I spent nine days in Idaho, um, hunting elk, uh, with a friend of mine, and, it, you know, I miss my family when I was there too, but it, it was different just knowing, you know, having somebody there that I knew had similar skill sets and, you know, we could keep each other held accountable and all those kinds of things and, and help each other out, you know, with all of that, you got somebody there to talk to, you know, and, mm-hmm. and laugh with and all <laughs> that. So, um, that definitely makes it easier. Uh, and, and, uh, 
I don't know. In retrospect though, I, I mean, I, I would do it again. You yeah. know what yep. I mean? It's just like, <laughs> you, you kind of have to put yourself through those things. You know, I think that's part, that's a big part of hunting. My, you know, my wife's always asked that, like, um, you know, it just seems strange that you'd want to go out there and suffer. I just, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. But you know, the thing is, is you, you know, you, you slingshot out of an experience like that and you come back refreshed and you, and your, your mood is just, is that much stronger. And I think that goes with, I mean, you could even, that's how I justify, like, I don't do ice baths, but I see all these people doing it. I'm like, okay, I get it. You put yourself through the suffering and then you come out and you get this euphoric feeling and you're, so it's similar to that, just yeah. a little longer lasting. And so I still think it's necessary and I'm hoping to do it again. I'm going to apply for the bear tag again this year. And as long as I don't draw anything out West, um, that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. And I've already got my access permit so I can get in. Oh, right. Sweet. I didn't, I didn't get an access permit for the opener because I was, the, the permits went on sale at nine o'clock. I didn't get in till nine Oh three. And they were already, <laughs> the, oh the Friday, Saturday was already gone, but I got an access permit for September 3rd. So I'll be able to get in at a, at a reasonable time. Um, and again, hopefully uh, I've already uh, recruited a few of my buddies to see if they want to join me. Um, and we'll just see what happens. And if somebody doesn't, you know, find up having to go out there by myself, I'll do it again. You know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah. because just as, and especially knowing that, uh, I have the, the sense and the wherewithal to, to make sure that safety is the number one thing and, and not to, it's just not worth taking any risks. Right. So what, uh, what, like say trip 2.0 happens and you know, whether you're with someone or by yourself, what maybe certain things would, would you make adjustments to? Well, I'm definitely gonna gonna do the um, the scent thing, yeah. Uh, sure. Um, so I'll be I'll be cruising around in the woods with a super soaker so full of bear <laughs> scent. That's so awesome. <laughs> so th I'm definitely gonna do that. Um, and you know, obviously, I won't be able to go up there early because I I won't be able. Well, I take that back because you can go in for day trips, but that would be a lot of work for one day trip to go in, but maybe I will, maybe I won't it just kind of depends, I guess, on the sightings again. Uh, but I just, I, I know that when I was out there in October, you know, there's a chance that they may have been prepping to den up. And I had some other people not too far from there saying, Oh no, they're, they're wandering all over my backyard. Heck, if you want to shoot one off my deck, you can right now. And I'm like, <laughs> Well, I don't have, my permit isn't for your area, but, um, and, um, and then I was also mad. I'm like, don't tell me that, man. I just literally almost died out in the wilderness yep. and you're going to tell me I could have shot one off your deck. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I know. I, I, sw I swear there were four times during the late season here in Pennsylvania that I was hunting this one private little piece. I mean, it's only two acres. It's it's not very big, but it holds dough. But we had no snow this year. And usually four of the last five years when there's snow there, I've killed a doe late season just to get more meat in the freezer, get extra hunts, <laughs> all that type of stuff. This year, I did not have that. And I had, I was trying to get in on these on these deer and I just could not. And the second I would pull out on the road and drive somewhere. I would just do a loop and there, there would be flocks, Ricky. I mean, just herds of deer in everybody's yard, just munching. Like, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I like, I mean, yeah. there were, there was one of the big bucks actually that I saw, I think it was early October. My wife and my daughter, the three of us were just driving around one, one evening. Uh, it was a Sunday, so we can't hunt Sunday here in Pennsylvania. And again, mm -hmm. I know where these deer kind of, congregate in people's neighborhoods and stuff 
we get to one and there's like, oh, look at that. He's a cool little six point. And like, oh, there's a forker and man, there's 12 doe. And then there was a, a bigger six point in the next yard. And then we passed the next house and there was a really nice big eight or nine point. I couldn't really make out what he was, but he was, he was a stud. And later on in the year during that late season, it's a very close nearby, but these deer like to feed out in this like cemetery, cemetery area. And I'm like looking, I mean, at this point they're still 400 yards away as I could kind of like see through this, this property my binos are on. I was like, Oh, there's that, that six point. And I could see him kind of like messing around, like with another deer. Mm-hmm. And I threw, and I looked more closely and next thing you know, he picked his head up. I'm like, Holy shit. That's that big one from earlier in October. <laughs> but man, it just, it never failed. Like you said, how, how you go back to that person was like, well, you could shoot one off my porch. It, it never failed me this year that especially more locally in that late season, as soon as I would get done hunting, you know, the lights, it's dark, but like you're driving around and you could see all them with the street light or whatever neighborhood oh, yeah. lights. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Come on. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. tough. Well, dude, yeah. I, I like it. That I hope you pull that again. I kind of hope you do not. I want you to have round two because I feel like whether you recruit somebody, you have that extra chance. I, I don't know. I think success, either one could happen or two success could happen by you staying a little longer you know, experiencing different things, going through that, that type of hunt sounds really, really interesting and fascinating to me. And I would, I would like to maybe do something like that. Well, like I said, when maybe not that particular hunt per se, but mm-hmm. do something up, up North in Maine or something along those lines to, for me, I think that'd be a really cool opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it again, it's just a different, it's a different, um, difficulty level yeah. uh, and you know bear hunting here in minnesota i think the most difficult part is you know drying the tag now because it takes like three or four years you know okay. aside from that you know if you're doing things right uh, if you've got the experience and you've got a few guys that can help you out and you can bait consistently and uh you know you got all the cameras out you can kind of pick and choose and all oh, you know usually there's you know three four bears on each bait and Um, that's how I've done it in the past. And the the actual hunt part of it is very short, you know, Mm -hmm. a day or two and you got your bear and, you know, unless you're like really picky or waiting for one specific, uh, or, you know, a lot of times, you know, if, if you're waiting for the bigger bear, or maybe it's, maybe there's one that's a chocolate that you really want, you know, they have a tendency to elude people. Uh, and, but if you're not too picky, um, you know, you can usually make it happen relatively easy. And this is just a different, you know, a totally different experience. Yeah. There's not a lot of information out there as to what, what is really successful and what works because I don't think there's been a lot of success yeah. up there. And, um, you know, so I, I definitely look forward to the challenge. I definitely want to do it again, although it won't supersede me drawing a North Dakota mule deer tag. If I, okay. Draw, okay. If I draw that tag, then that's where I'm going. Dude, so mule deer are so fun. I, that, that's what we went out to Utah for was mule deer. And my, or my good friend, Tim, he's killed a mule deer. He's killed an elk. He's done it. Um, I think he's the mule deer was with a rifle and the elk was with a bow. So, and he's done both of those by himself. Mm -hmm. And I, if he still holds true to last time we've talked and about this, this question, he will choose a mule deer over an elk any day of the week now. 
he just there's something about the mule deer that get him going and man they, they're they're neat like they are so mm-hmm. cool and again i haven't had that chance to hunt elk so i can't co- compare quote unquote but yeah i could see why people get the mule deer bug no doubt yeah i mean it, it's definitely a blast and i've only elk hunted one time so maybe you know, my feelings on this may be different simply because of that fact, but I would, I would probably do an elk hunt over a mule deer hunt aside from the cost uh, that's involved. That's that's the only thing that, that prevents me from going out and hunting elk and, and my lack of experience because I'm, I'm I'm not real good at calling. Uh, I've been working on it, but still, I, I, I really don't, if I went out there by myself, you know, tomorrow I, I would fail miserably, yeah. you know what I mean? So yep. that kind of thing. But if I was going mule deer hunting, I, I could, I, I have a lot of confidence in my ability to make that happen. Yeah. So that that's a big part of it too, is the experience yeah. that I have, I suppose. Yeah. So how, how was the saddle game for you this year? And do you use it for whitetail hunting at all? Yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, like I said, I got it out a couple of times. Um, and every time it was, it was bitter. It was almost zero degrees the three <laughs> times that I got out. <laughs> But, uh, um, I, I, I love it. It's again, I can't do it quite as fast as I could say with my, um, with my, uh, tree stand setup that I have, but I'm getting faster every single time I do it. I get faster. I'm just, I'm trying to be probably overly cautious because I don't want to get too complacent and then, you know, not make the right connection and then just fall out of the tree. Obviously that'd be terrible. So I'm just being overly cautious right now, but the more I do it, the faster I get with it. Um, you know, and just playing around with like different trees and stuff to see, you know, if it's at a certain angle, how would I, you know, how would I, you know, set up and what would be the best way to be in the tree in order to make things happen. So, um, I love it. It's great. Um, I, the only thing I'm upset about is that I didn't wait because now they came up with the new model and I'm like, Oh, oh that man. lockdown. Do you sit, do you, that one. Do, do, <laughs> do you find yourself leaning or sitting more? Um, gosh, I don't know. It's probably a split. You know, okay. I, I shift back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Um, between the two. And again, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's just, maybe I wouldn't shift as much when I was bear hunting. I, I basically just leaned out more, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but you know, in the cold, I guess, you know, kind of getting into that seated position and kind of, you know, yep, tucked in yourself up in the fetal <laughs> position, you stay yep. a little warmer. So yep. that's probably why I was doing that more. But, um, yeah, I just love the versatility of the ability to shoot in so many different angles and swing around the tree. And it's just, um, yeah, it's and comfortability too, you know, were you, were you able to figure, figure out your comfort zone with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I can't sit as long as I used to in a, you know, traditional tree stand, my back just, you know, I, it starts to get the best of me and in the saddle, I could sit all day. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Because I remember having a guest on years ago and they're like, did you sit in an all day? And I think at that point in time, I was coming up to the first year for saddle hunting. Cause then this past year was three full years for me doing it. And mm-hmm. I, I said, no, not yet. I'll go just wait, you know, and which for some people, I know that it, it is difficult, but I honest to God, man, like I really don't have any issues. Like I, if you find that saddle that cups your butt the way it should, right. You're mm-hmm. wearing it properly and you find like, I, like I look at it, like it's, it's our integrate, you know, eight X, Rest like you can micro adjust mm-hmm. your tether height. You could micro adjust your bridges. You could micro adjust your your bridge length. Like there's so many different things that go into it. And I always mm-hmm. feel like when I'm doing um, 
showing demonstrations to, to certain people, I always say that when you read something or you watch something or, and someone says I, it's uncomfortable, I would honestly say 80% of those individuals actually probably had their saddle on incorrectly. Like meaning mm-hmm. like, again, cause a lot of like, we're so used to pulling up our pants, our pants are at a certain height. Like you actually want your saddle to be lower. Like you want the top of your saddle to be right below your, where your belt loops are. So then now this is the phantom. So this is because of the way it's shaped like a football. So like, mm-hmm. that's why you want that one a little bit lower. And, and the first time I had someone at the great American outdoor show and he had it like way up high. And I just was like, man, you're not going on in the water. You know, you're not going like, you're, you're not fly fishing. So I was busting his chops. I said, he goes, Oh, Ed, you're, go- you're going to have it down really low. And I said, yes. And as soon as he made that one adjustment, cause I think he was, I was with someone prior and he was doing it by himself and it was riding way up high. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh my gosh, that's a whole different feel. Now, not a lot of people are doing that. But again, I just still think people are just wearing it incorrectly, doing what I did even at first. Like my tether was super high and I just mm-hmm. was running my bridge super short. Like, I don't know. I just, you got to practice it. And I've tell, told people hundreds of times now, you just need to get a foot off the ground, mess around with with those three things, your bridge height, your, or your bridge length, your tether height and your, your comfort channels. And mm. you will, you should find at least something comfortable out of leaning or sitting. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the only, the only th- other thing that I need to make a change on right now is I'm just using my lone wolf sticks. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely need to get something lighter. Yep. Um, and at ATA show, I was looking at some of the new sticks that Tether's offering to probably invest in some of those this year. Um, and, and then just keep my lone wolf sticks with my lone wolf stand, which I, I, I guess I'm not sure if I'll ever use it again. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> unless I funny? get my own a private ground where yep. I can just hang the stand and leave it. But, um, yeah, I love it. It's just so many different things about it that just make it an amazing tool. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tethered produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. Wow, that's that's awesome. I was I was Honestly, I, I during the season I was thinking, I'm like, I wonder how Ricky's doing with with the old saddle, and I apologize <laughs> that I, I didn't get a chance to kind of talk to you about that. Well, how was how was the Whitetail Woods for you this year? Because I know you last time we talked, you were talking about a couple different property neighborhood properties, even that that you had chances to hunt a little bit of urban style. Did you get a chance to do any of that, or how? Or like you said, it was kind of tough this year. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do any of the metro stuff this year. You know. Um, again, I was coordinating a hunt. So it was, it's like every other weekend, October through November. And each weekend is like four days. Mm -hmm. And so my wife was just like, man, that gets to be a lot of time, you know, to be away. And, um, you know, and I know my daughter and I know she can be a little bit of a handful sometimes. (laughs) Right. So it's like, okay, I don't, you know, I try to put myself in her shoes and feel like, and, and go like, okay, yeah, that would be a lot. So, um, you know, then that's when I asked, I said, well, would you, you know, cause the, would you rather that I just took a couple of weeks off and then just went somewhere? And so she, she said that she would prefer that. So that's when I decided to, to do the bear hunt mm-hmm. and then start applying for out West again. Then I'll just make one stint out, come back. Um, 
and then uh so the the metro hunts i I didn't do last year i and i probably won't do them for the foreseeable future like i said because my my intent is to try to get out west again uh and so again i'm just going to go back to uh mule deer hunting in north Mm -hmm. dakota i should draw a tag this year um so we'll kind of see how that goes their population is rebounding so we'll see and then um I've been plan trying to plan some elk trips with a few other friends over the last couple of years, but again, money always gets in the way. And so I'm just like, you know, and especially now too, with the economy being, being in, uh, you know, in the dump where it is now, it, that makes it that much more difficult. So, uh, but the mule deer hunt is relatively inexpensive and it's, you know, same, same experience that I could get on an elk hunt too. So, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this hunt this year too, cause I, uh, I have an opportunity to hunt with a friend of mine that I've never hunted with before. And he's, a, he's an absolute killer. So oh, I'm, nice. I'm really looking forward to getting out there with him and hunting with him and kind of matching wits and see what we can do out there together. Yeah. So, yeah, heck yeah. What, what, what's something that maybe you're focusing in? in on for for next year other than like scheduling or kind of applying for certain hunts is there anything else that you really want to focus in on to try to get better at well i de- like i definitely want to work more with the with the saddle mm-hmm. um get get better with that of course um you know and aside from that just i guess kind of kind of getting back to a level that i used to be at i don't shoot my bow near as much as i as I did, I don't get out and hike and do that kind of stuff as much as I used to. So I'd like to put an emphasis on doing some more of that and getting myself back into, I guess, mountain shape, so to speak for a flatlander anyways. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, man? Like, what do you, what do you got planned coming up this season? So honestly, I've, I've said this before on the podcast, but I'm not coaching anymore. So this spring is the first spring in about a decade. Um, that, oh, okay. that I have to myself because my daughter will be nine. So that's about right. So it's, mm-hmm. it's been challenging over the last couple of years to get out, scout, you know, try new things. Um, this past year though, Ricky has been kind of like a light bulb, uh, opportunities for me where mm-hmm. like my dad said it to me just on my, on my drive home like pulling this camera that I had decent bucks on. He's like, man, you really had, you found a lot of good bucks this year. You know what to kind of key in on. And I finally feel like I'm using the knowledge I'm gaining from guests on the podcast to really hone in and, and <laughs> put, put pre- like put money where my mouth is, I guess. And yeah, this year, cool. yeah, this year I had, I, I had good, a good season without killing a buck, but I saw a mature, a couple mature deer on the hoof while I was in the saddle. Just know they either obviously did not come in range or the closing moment just could not happen because of whatever I've talked about it before. Right. But um, I feel like I made progress there and I just want to continue to do that with this spring opportunity. But like I said, I was just Sunday night, like Thursday after school. It's going to be beautiful here. I'm going to go just straight there. You know, my, I've, we have a good routine within the household. Now my daughter's, basketball season is over she's just doing dance on thursdays now she plays guitar on mondays so like there's nothing really else that could quote unquote get in the way i guess you could say so Mm -hmm. you know and and being almost nine she's at that age where she could come with me now and last a little longer so she wants to really shoot her bow this year so honestly dude i I just want to continue to kind of improve 
my woodsmanship, like how you were saying about that, like that's, that's this spring. I, you know, I've, I've always been jealous of the guys that are like, I put on a hundred miles plus 200 miles. <laughs> now I don't want to do that. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it'd be cool to say that. And, you know, but, and I don't, and that obviously doesn't translate to killing a buck, but man, it, I just want, I've always felt like I've been behind the eight ball with my woodsmanship and mm. I finally feel like things are clicking and I just want to continue to improve upon that. Yeah. There's something about the, uh, you know, just being able to apply all of the things that you've learned yeah. and man, I can't imagine how agonizing it's been to yeah. gaining all this knowledge, but not being able to put it to use, yeah. you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and that's one of the things that I look forward to is starting the podcast too, is having these conversations, right. About, uh, cause you're always, you're always learning new stuff and you yeah. always should be learning new stuff. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I look forward to starting our own. And, and, uh, and I look forward to seeing what you got in store. That, oh, that thanks, sounds man. pretty cool. Like I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye out and see like, you know, how things are going with increasing your woodsmanship. Yep. And, yep. I, and, and I hope you can uh, put that GI8X to use and, oh, yeah. and take those big bucks that you got oh, on camera too. <laughs> like, you know, you know, talk really quick. I mean, how's, how's the shop doing? What, what, what stuff is going on with, with vapor trail and like, and talk about the podcast too. Well, yeah, things are good. I can't remember if we had moved into the new facility yet yep. or not. Yep. I think um, you just did when, when we had you on. Yeah. So it's, it's coming along really well. Um, the pro shop is taking off. We've got almost 40 members now oh, that come yeah. in on a regular basis to shoot in our 40 yard range. Pro shop is beautiful. Um, and that will be actually the, when we do our podcast, that's where we're going to do it in the, in the pro shop, we're going to have like a little area that we're going to kind of designate for that. Um, and hopefully we can, you know, we got to do some testing and just make sure the sound is going to be okay. Cause I, I'm okay with some of the ambient sound with customers being in the shop and things mm -hmm. like that. In fact, I want that to be kind of part of the experience. And, uh, so we'll kind of see how that goes, but that's, that's the newest adventure right now. Um, you know, we just want to put an emphasis on gaining, um, some, a greater following on YouTube. So we'll be filming the podcast. I have a, I have a co-host. He is the general manager of the pro shop. Uh, his name is Jake Hollywood quote in quotes, <laughs> Iverson. Um, good kid. He's in fact in, I think in, Geez, just a like four days. He'll have been with the company for ten years on oh, the wow. dot, and so him and I are currently the the two longest tenured employees here now. So it'll be kind of cool for us to take on that adventure and just have some chats about hunting. And we've got some guests lined up, and hopefully we can have you on at some yeah. point. Hell and, yeah, man. Um, you know, just to, just to do this, it's fun. Just, yeah. just talking about hunting and, and learning new things and seeing how everybody's doing and getting the details, you know, it's yep. just, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah, Plus, man. Well, I like the, what you're saying about having it at the shop and having it just be real. And, you know, if there's some people noise in the background and that's what it is, you know, that's going to make yep. you guys unique in, in your field and that that's mm -hmm. awesome, dude. I no, like you said, I've, I just love talking. I love having that opportunity to, just catch up with with people and that are down to earth and just awesome and like you said the learning aspect because you know as a teacher and man growing up I never thought I would say I, how continuously learning and growing as an individual is important because I'd been like yeah whatever shut up <laughs> you know but now now it does and like you said in this field we have this passion we have this drive to do something like I don't know I love even your quick little edit videos of of 
things that like when you show me like check this out like i love mm -hmm. that i wish i was better at that and you know, obviously YouTube is a great resource. Like, I don't know how many times I've, like, I've talked to a couple of my students that are really good with the camera. Like they do some awesome stuff for our sports teams, for our school. And I'm like, holy cow. And a, a couple of them, I'm like, you need to come in the woods with me. Like, I'll pay you. I'll do something like, just get some cool content for me for like, for the channel and everything like that. I'm like, where mm -hmm. did you learn to do this? They're like, oh, YouTube. I'm like, man, I'm just that stupid, <laughs> I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, but it's crazy, man. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it too, because, you know, up until recently, I've always been kind of a one man show. And so when I presented the idea of doing the podcast to our director of operations, he was like, whoa, 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 slow down just a second here. I need you to come back down to earth. Where are you going to find time to do a podcast? And I was like, that's a very good question. <laughs> um, but I was able to bring in uh, a, a young gentleman. He's a great kid. His name is Damon Wolf. He's got, he's only, well, he's 18 years old and uh, he's going to graduate high school this year, but he, he's got his own cr content creation company called all for one media. He's already done some work for dialed um, and some stuff for um, uh, what's the ultra view. Yep. Thank uh, And also Spartan forge. Okay. So, and he's just got an amazing portfolio. He's super talented. Uh, he was just in here yesterday and we did some filming. We're going to be putting together a, a little video on, on bowstrings. And um, so getting him all set up with that stuff and he's going to be kind of taking over our social media. He'll be doing about 75% of the content there. So we'll have more consistent postings, um, create more of a consistent theme across the board. Cause right now we're just really missing the ball um, with a lot of things because I just, I can't post consistently enough. Right, right. And so we're going to shift um, so that he can be creating that content for us and also posting it. I'll be still be doing some, um, some of the Fridays and some of those things and then focusing on the podcast and also putting a greater emphasis on our pro staff. Cause we have about 65 individuals on our pro staff over the last couple of years, haven't been able to really do, um, you know, focus with them very much and communicate with them very much. So hopefully we can, uh, we're, we're going to be taking a more, you know, what Rory would call grassroots boots on the ground approach yep. to our marketing. And I think the podcast is going to be an integral part of that. Um, you know, I've had a few people say, well, you know, there's so many podcasts out there. What makes you think that yours is going to be, you know, and, and it's like, it's not really so much about it being greatly successful. I just think that we have a really good platform to launch off of already. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just, it just adds another element to, you know, to what we have, what our abilities are and how we can kind of get the word out and, yep. and keep it consistent, you know? So yep. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Dude, that's awesome. Year. Yeah. That's exciting, dude. I'm, I'm excited to, like you just said, for, for me, I'm, I'm excited to follow along and, and catch in and tune in and all that stuff. Because dude, I, I will say this as when you guys, I love when just as a, because of how much I love archery, like not even hunting related. I love even just seeing the vapor trail, archery shop, the bow shop, like posting when people are in the shop shooting, doing league night, all that type of stuff. Because I just, I'm like, man, that place is awesome. Like that looks so cool because we don't have mm -hmm. that here. Like Nate yeah. sellers is open, opened up uh, average Jack archery shop and dude, he's killing it. He's doing such a great job in, in his shop and it's only three minutes down my house, you know, but he's, he's doing with what he's got and he's yeah. doing such a great job, but it's seeing, on your scale, it's like, man, that, that looks sweet. Like there's another place, Northeast PA, it's called out outdoor insiders. I believe okay. they have an out, uh, a shop too. 
the big retail type of, of bow shop as well, but their indoor space is so cool. Like they, they have a black light night. Like it's, you know, oh, it's yeah. all like lit up in a cool way and everything. And man, that's just so neat. Like it's just a different Avenue. Again, as a parent, I'm like, shoot, I could go shoot my bow and my daughter is going to freaking love this because it's black light night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, I, I, so just as a total outsider, I post, even that, those posts I think are cool, even though, you know, it's not, doesn't, you wouldn't think it's a home run of like, Oh, it's just a couple people shooting in our league night, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I find that cool. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and again, it's just, just a matter of, of being more consistent and just getting, getting it out there more, you know? Um, and so, and we've been getting a lot of help from, we've, we've got some local guys that um, they, they, they go around and they go to a lot of the different shops in the area um, and they promote a lot of the shops, just promoting archery in general. Um, And so it's really cool to have guys like that kind of bringing us all together really, because that's really how things used to be. And when I first moved to this area and I would go shoot leagues, like just the, the amount of fun and camaraderie that was involved with all of that was, was, was amazing. And social media was not near as prevalent. And now it's like, it's disheartening to see, you know, hunters battling hunters and, you know, things like that. And so it's just been amazing to see all these guys coming in and, and, you know, we're just talking, it doesn't necessarily have to be about archery either. Again, it's just that whole thing where it's like, how's your family? How are you doing? What's happening? Um, You know, and just getting, getting that, you know, connection with everybody has been really cool to get back into that instead of being just like jammed into a manufacturing facility (laughs) all day. You know what I mean? If I need a break, I just go out in the shop and I can just kind of, you know, shoot the shit with a couple of guys and, and have some fun. So heck yeah, man. Well, dude, I appreciate you coming on again. I loved hearing your, your story. I loved just catching up dude. And you know, where could people follow along here in the next couple of weeks in the future with what you got going on? Well, of course, you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook, Vapor Trail Archery. We also have a separate page for the Pro Shop, so that's Vapor Trail Pro Shop. And um, as you know, we purchased Stokerized Stabilizers a couple years back, so we also have those both on Instagram, social media. You can find me on Instagram at RickyWayne80, and I'm also on Facebook, Ricky W. Brulee, so... Awesome, yeah. man. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Well, yeah, yeah, dude, any anytime. Always welcome, Ricky, and... Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week as we, let's see, we'll be, uh, hopefully this will be already in March. So we'll hopefully we'll be getting down to the old nitty gritty when it comes to scouting stuff. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate it. Antler up.